welcome back and thanks again for tuning into SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or the Two Healthy Chicks podcast. I'm Ayana and I'm Jenny. And we are two healthy chicks. Today, we're talking with Meredith Bell about creating healthy relationships through improving our communication. We discussed appreciation and habits in part one. So here in part two, we're going to dive into skills. So I will hand the mic to you, Meredith. This is all you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, I think uh, the first one that um, we had discussed might be of benefit to everyone is this whole thing of conflict Mm -hmm. and resolving conflicts because most of us weren't raised to really deal effectively with conflict, right? Uh, A lot of times we avoid it or we simply don't know how to do it. And so we stuff it, stuff our feelings, stuff our reaction to things. And then suddenly we explode and people wonder what's going on. (laughs) And really the thing about conflict is that we need to understand what it is. First of all, it's inevitable because as human beings, our desires, what we want will often be different from what others want. And that's what we're really talking about. (laughs) I want to do this and you want to do that. It's not that we just have difference of opinions. Mm. We want to take different actions. And so as a result of that, we run into butting heads. And a lot of times we dig our heels in because we don't want to be wrong. That's a key aspect of our egos Mm -hmm. getting wrapped up in this. And so one of the first things to do is recognize this is normal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nothing weird. And the first step is just find out, ask the other person, you know, what is it they really need? Because they might say, I want this, I want this. But what we want to do is kind of peel the layers back to find out what's the need they have that's driving that request. And then once we feel like we understand it, and it requires listening, listening is the foundation Mm -hmm. of all the communication skills. And so once we understand their need, then it's helpful to explain what ours is. So we tell them, you know, and and we have to get honest with ourselves too. What is it that I am really wanting to have? What is it I need? Mm -hmm. And to be honest and vulnerable. See, this requires two people being willing to, you know, just tell the truth to each other. And sometimes we think our way is the only way when in fact there are other options. And that's why uh, the third aspect of this, after you ask them and you explain your own, is to brainstorm and say, you know, there are other means to get to this outcome we both want. And that's one of the key things is what's the outcome, you know, that we would like to have and, and just being creative, recognizing we can use creativity here. We can be open in exploring and I don't have to dig my heels in. I don't have to say it's my way or the highway. I can say we can both win here. And if we can come with that spirit, then we're willing to entertain different options and come up with a solution that really satisfies both parties. So here's an example. Our daughter is 37 now, but when she was in high school, she came to us in her junior year and said, oh, the French club is going to France. 
I want to go to France. We said, well, that's nice. How do you <laughs> to pay for it? Yes, that's what <laughs> I was know? thinking. <laughs> and, and she said that she wanted us to pay for it. So here we had a conflict, right? <laughs> she wanted us to pay for it. My husband and I said, no, I don't think so. So we had to think about, all right, what is it we are willing to do? What is she willing to do? So we talked about it. Once she knew there was no way we were going to fund the whole thing, we said, okay, if you can find a way to earn half the money, we'll put up the other half. And so she agreed to that. So she came up with different things she could do, like babysitting. But one of the things she came up with was a true win-win for us. And that was for her to fix meals at night, dinner, oh. and we would pay her. Because <laughs> that wow. was worth it to us to have her <laughs> prepare meals when we're both coming home from work and uh-huh. feeling you know, like we don't want to cook. And so that was another win-win inside that first one. And so the goal was get her to France. The method how-to was the thing we had to discuss. Hmm. And so it's, but, you know, even, and I know this sounds weird to people to be playful about it, but we Hmm. take ourselves so darn seriously and our opinion so seriously. It's like, I'm afraid of looking bad. I'm afraid of appearing to be a loser if I give in. And if we can totally reframe that and say, you know what? We both have this outcome we want. What are some ways that we could look at that would meet both of our needs? Hmm. And just agree that we will you know, set our egos aside, set the emotions, calm down, in other words, and say, let's look at this as sort of a game. How can we play with these ideas instead of, uh, uh, you know, just really butting heads about it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a key thing when you look at resolving conflict. And I, Anna, I could see your face. <laughs> what are you thinking? It's just, it's resonating so deeply because that's such a, um, it's such a novel concept to just set. It's almost in my mind, which maybe I'm looking at it backwards. And here I thought I was this expert communicator. It's almost like putting the wagon before the horse like if you're just stamping hey this is what we want we both want the same thing so how do we get there let's figure out how to get there together that is novel to me I feel like that would would I don't know probably resolve nine out of ten of my conflicts a lot easier with a lot less stress um, but I do have a question for you with regards to the first step on um, ask do you find that simply asking no matter how you phrase the question but just finding out what is it that the other person wants do you find that the other party usually answers in some way shape or form Oh, it takes some patience and work sometimes Okay, because they have to trust that you're asking this out of genuine curiosity, Yeah, which is really important as opposed to information you're going to use against them to push mm. for your, your position. So to, you know, okay. just come across open and say, you know, I really understand, want to understand where you're coming from. What is it that is behind your saying you want this? 
and just get them to talk about why is this important to you? I'm not challenging it. I want to understand. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes we just fail to let the person know where we're coming from. So they Mm -hmm. get suspicious about our motives. Mm -hmm. Why are you asking me this? You know, (laughs) instead of just, just lowering the voice, the tone of voice, you know, because that's huge. How mm. we sound makes a huge difference. Why on earth do you want that? You know, <laughs> versus oh, tell me more about why that's important to you. I really want to understand. It's huge, right? There's no difference there at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the number one thing in our household. It's not what you said; it's how you said it. <laughs> it's so true, and we are often unaware. You know. Uh, which ties in with feedback, you know, when somebody says, um, gives us feedback and we get defensive about it instead of saying, oh, thank you. I didn't realize I was doing that. You know, that diffuses amazing amounts of things if we're just willing to say thank you to someone for pointing out something that maybe was a blind spot. It, It all goes back to slowing down and not feeling I must be right. Because that's what it all comes down to. I've got to be the right one here. Mm-hmm. And there's a level of humility there too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Absolutely. say, to be, because I'll tell you, it goes back to modeling what we talked about earlier. Yeah. We are willing to acknowledge, oh, you know, I jumped to conclusions there. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Because that's the other thing we often don't want to do is apologize because then we think, oh, I'll lose face. You know, they'll respect me less. But the fact is, whether it's as a parent, as a spouse, as a boss, you know, at work or a coworker, when we're willing to own what we've done, if it's a mistake, if it's something we said that was hurtful to someone and just say, I apologize. You know, I lost my cool. And I am sorry I said that, and I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You know, I I didn't mean to criticize you in front of the others and embarrass you. Whatever it is we've done, because we're human, we're going to make mistakes. But the quicker we own it, the less time we spend whirling around in our heads feeling Mm -hmm. guilty and shame. And then Mm -hmm. that leads to other behavior we're not proud of. And, you know, the dynamics just escalate. (laughs) So the quicker we can say, sorry. And I think that awareness piece comes into play here as well. You, you mentioned that in the beginning with appreciation, but I think it's it's very applicable here as well because if you're not even aware that you tend to do these things or react quickly or whatever, um, first of all, if you don't have that level of awareness, <laughs> ask people around you, <laughs> ask the people you live with, you know, like they'll let you know. And because you might not even realize you are quick to react or just how you react. And then once you are aware, to pay attention to that in conversations. And I know when things are pointed out to me, it's like, oh, do I do that? I don't do that. And then you start paying attention, like, oh, I just did that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. In fact, one of the key things that I would encourage the listeners to do, and this takes courage, but what a payoff if you do it. And that is to go to people you live with or work with individually and ask this person, one question, what's one thing I could do differently that would make your experience working with me, living with me more enjoyable for you? Hmm. That's powerful. That is powerful. You're only asking for one thing. 
So even if they have a laundry list, just one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I said one. <laughs> but that's huge because that's a way of acknowledging I'm not perfect. I want the conditions in which you are around me, whether it's at home or at work, mm-hmm. to be pleasant for both of us. Right. So what's something right. I may not be aware of mm. that might be causing problems for you or could just mm-hmm. elevate our relationship and just open the door for them to tell you and then thank them. <laughs> That's the key thing. No matter what they say, thank you. I didn't know that. That might be the difficult part. <laughs> well, yeah. it is because you know what we're tempted to do, right? Is justify, explain, defend, be mm-hmm. right. See, it all goes back to the need to be right. If we can set that aside and simply say, I am a learner here in this life. I'm on a journey of learning. And so this is one of my teachers. This person can help me learn something about myself that I didn't know. So I can be better with them and with myself. Yeah. It's a whole different attitude. (laughs) It is like that whole feedback, constructive criticism. I mean, it is just... It's interesting. We had had a a training a little while back, and then I was giving that same training um, to a a group of uh, business owners, and um, and it was all about that that feedback and receiving that. And and the person who originally gave the training was saying she'll never forget that when she received that in her teaching, um, when someone said you you don't take constructive criticism well and stuff, and she's like that has always stuck with me, and that was the changing point. So I think that's something great for us to strive for. Is, is being open to that and having an open heart to hear what people say um, right. that you could possibly do differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the other things um, that we wanted to talk about, too, was this whole idea of how do you coach people to think for themselves? Mm-hmm. And an important aspect of that is really, again, a single question. In our book, we talk about lots of questions that you you ask, but there's a simple one that everybody can think about, and that is simply, well, what do you think? Mm. Um, because sometimes, especially if we're in a leadership role and we've sort of trained people not to take risks or not to do things because we're going to get upset with them if they make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so if they, if we're noticing folks coming to us one of the best gifts we can give them is ask questions that kind of toss it back to them. So they are now having to think for themselves about, well, how would I handle this? How, what, what are my options in this situation? Um, so instead of jumping in, one of the ways to kind of rewire your brain is to think, ask a question mm. <laughs> instead of tell or advice. Um, So when somebody says, well, how should I do this? Well, um, what have you considered so far? Right. See, Hmm. it's similar to that first step. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the fundamental thing you can just remember, and I mean, you can come up with different questions, but the fundamental one, fundamental one is, what do you think? Hmm. What do you think? And if they pause, this is where it really requires (laughs) self-restraint because they're quiet. We think, oh, they need me to rescue them. I need to provide the answer. I should be saying something when in truth, 
you just need to give them time to think. Mm. <laughs> because think about it, if somebody asks you a difficult question, yeah. you don't have a ready answer. And so if you're asking a question that someone is not used to dealing with, they need a little time to pause and consider how they want to respond. And so get comfortable with silence. Yeah. I've learned that in leadership roles and, and parenting, which, you know, they have very similar aspects. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes, they do. But, you know, silence can be so powerful. I mean, I have to admit, sometimes I've used it as a weapon, so to speak, you know, in a, a conflict and you just, you know, you say something, you just wait. All right. Well, at some point they're going to have to say something. But in this case, it is definitely a way more positive use. Um, <laughs> silence can, I, I have to admit, sometimes I've used silence as a, a tool, a negative tool, so to speak, in conflict where I'm like, okay, well, I said this and we're just going to wait. Because at some point, you got to say something because people are usually so uncomfortable with silence. <laughs> but this is a way more positive way to use it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love that concept because at some point, yes, people are thinking and just give them a moment. But eventually, they're going to have to say something. So I do. I, I appreciate that quite a bit. Yeah, that's awesome. So how about getting buy-in? Um Tell us about that. Sure. Uh, again, as a parent or as a leader, sometimes it's tempting to um, use your position of authority to direct someone to do something. But, you know, kids don't like this and adults hate it when we, when we treat them that way. And so the idea of getting buy-in is when something needs to be done, whether it's a big project or even a, you know, relatively small task to sit down and discuss with the person, you know, here's what we need and get them to be involved with it. That's what buy-in really means. They're involved in discussing what needs to be done and the deadline so that you're not telling them, I've got to have this by Friday at two o'clock, no matter what. Instead, you know, ask, letting them know this really needs to be done by Friday at two. Is that feasible for you? And if they say no, then you get talking about, well, what is it you need? Are there resources you're lacking mm -hmm. or what is it that would cause you to not be able to meet this deadline so we can work together to figure out how to eliminate those obstacles? And so when they're having the opportunity to discuss it and give more input, then they're more likely to agree and stick with the commitment. So it's the commitment that's really important in this process. If you are just telling someone to do something and they're not really committing to it, you don't know for sure that they're planning to make sure it gets done. Yeah. <laughs> and so to clarify and make sure you've both understood what you've agreed to and then just close it out with. And so we have an agreement that this is going to be done by this. And I'm going to take care of one, two, three to make sure you've got the resources you need or the people or whatever it is. And then you're going to deliver this so that you you've mapped it out with them involved. And I think that's really the key. And also just the idea of setting agreements is an adult approach to take 
rather than dictating something or directing and, you know, again, using position as the reason why somebody needs to do something. It's helpful to get them to sense that it's important for them too. Super powerful. Um, these are these are amazing. These skills are fabulous. And um, I know we, in the interest of, we are running out of time. I'm wondering if we can just do one quick bonus about how, and maybe this can't be done in a very short amount of time, but how can we continuously improve over time? Is there, like you've given us so many great skills, so many great things to be focusing on, questions to use. Is there a little tip or trick in the last minute that we have of how we can continuously improve over time? Yes. The first thing is focus on one thing. Don't try to attack everything at once or change everything at once. What's one thing? And that's where going and asking people, what's one thing I could do differently or that you'd like to see me improve in that would make a difference in your experience living or working with me? And so you identify what that is, or you may already know it. And so recognizing what it is, committing to it and getting support for that. So you have at least an accountability buddy that you're checking in with on a regular basis and then committing to the practice. Even if it's small, do something small every day that's consistent. So you build up that consistency of practice and give yourself credit when you do things well, mm. instead of being judging, you know, this critical self-talk that we do mm-hmm. say, wow, I did that. So count your wins and, mm. and re- so you're reinforcing the things you want instead of focusing on where you fell short and just recognize that's all part of the learning and the growing and the improving is there going to be times when you don't hit the mark and that's okay because it's part of the process. So being gentle with yourself, And compassionate with yourself, I think, is really key to sticking with with it and making progress and feeling good about yourself in the long run. Because if you quit, then there's that whole judgment and critical, you know, spiral we can get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So powerful. Oh, my goodness, Meredith, this conversation has been incredibly powerful. I know I personally have gotten so many nuggets. I have been writing down some of you. Like I was writing what you said. So thank you for this. Thank you for being willing to come and share your time with us and with our audience. Um, I know this is going to be so impactful for so many people in our audience. So thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I will just say that um, if people want more details, just pick up a copy of the book, Connect With Your Team. And how can they um, get that and get in touch with you? Our website is growstrongleaders.com. And so they can learn more about that book and one called Peer Coaching Made Simple. They can learn more about our tools and find my podcast, which you mentioned earlier, Strong for Performance. I would love to have them check that out too. And I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter if they'd like to connect there. Wonderful. Well, I highly advise all of our audience to do that. Definitely connect with Meredith. And thank you again, Meredith, so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. You're both wonderful (laughs) at what you do. (laughs) Thank you. 
All right, um, Jenny. So and that was that was tons of information. Very useful. I think I might actually employ some of it this evening, but I won't spill the beans on how. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, in the interest of time, we will skip our APOD. But you know, I had to get the theme music in there, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. we'll skip that. But if you want an APOD, you know, you can go to our later or our earlier episodes Mm -hmm. and our later episodes because we always have an A-pod. But what is your random fact, Jenny? Oh, you're starting with your random fact. Oh, okay. I'll go first. So (laughs) random fact is ironically, my undergrad degree um, was in corporate communications. So this topic was like speaking to my soul and I learned so much. Like, you know, like I said, I thought I was this expert communicator, never thinking that I couldn't learn anything, but I learned a ton in this very short amount of time. So of course I've already downloaded Meredith's book. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and actually it was with a concentration in message construction, ironically. So there you go. Wow. Well, that's very cool. So mine doesn't tie into the theme, but since you're talking about undergrad degree, then I'll just do my undergrad degree. My undergrad degree was elementary education and Spanish and secondary education. So there you go. It's all communication related. So it is related to our topic. (laughs) Very nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Two Healthy Chicks. We hope, as usual, that you, I don't know, you found at least a nugget or two of information. I'm sure you did. So... Again, if you want to get more information, please feel free to find our Facebook group. That is our VIP group. It is Two Healthy Chicks, two, the number two healthy chicks on Facebook. And you will see more information, including a link to Meredith's book. Anything else for our listeners, Jenny? That's it. Have a great Whatever you're having. (laughs) Whatever you're having. Thanks for listening to Two Healthy Chicks on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV. Good night. Bye.